What's good, my amazing friends? Welcome to The Remedy. I'm your host, Sarah Amazing Grace. I am so stoked to be hanging with you today. I hope you're having a great day, even a good day or a day day, or maybe you're just hanging on by your fingernails because life is just like that sometimes, and that's okay. That's an okay day because that means that you're here for another day to try it all again, and that's good. Hey, you guys, what do you think about what's going on with this worldwide identity crisis? Crisis? Identity? What do you mean, Sarah? Well, we're living in a world that is swirling with all kinds of confusion, like gender confusion or sexual identity confusion or body image dysmorphia. I mean, we have plastic surgery at an all-time high like body type envy and even body type discrimination, like she's too thick, now she's too thin. I mean, we have a diet industry that is billions of dollars because people are unhappy with how they look or how someone has told them they look. Oh boy, let's talk about skin color discrimination. That's huge and it's heartbreaking. And also heartbreaking is the subject of the destruction of the sanctity of life. And how so many people have openly adopted the notion that a human baby is totally disposable if it creates any inconvenience. What could be causing all of this? Like, why is this confusion taking over and seeping into every aspect of our lives? There are many answers for each specific issue, I'm sure. But for me, what I see as the ultimate root cause of any of these subjects takes me back a few years when the subject of creationism was removed from public education. I mean, even having it petitioned to make it criminal to teach it. What? I mean, just go ahead, type into your search engine, teaching creationism in public schools. You'll see article after article from seemingly scholarly people popping off about how quote-unquote dangerous it is to teach that God is real and that he created the heavens and the earth and you and me. Dangerous. What? When you intentionally remove the creator and you twist minds into believing that there's no intelligent design, that we are here for no reason and we appeared out of nowhere and to nowhere we're going to return, you're going to have a total generations of people who view life and humanity with confusion, without form or purpose, and without any reverence for the incredible miracles filled with the breath of God that we actually are. How can anyone truly know about themselves or who they were created to be without knowing the one in whom's image they were created? We are fighting against each other over the amount of color or lack of color in our skin. Are you serious? God saw it and said it was good. I mean, who are we to question his palate? One color isn't better than another. That's the thinking of the foolish. If you or someone is blaming a skin color for all of the problems, then you're shaming God. And if you don't like or treat someone different because they look different than you, man, quit it and repent from that garbage. I mean, throughout the years, and this is not, again, not biblical per se, this is the ramblings of my mind and maybe just my interpretation, but I think it's a rad one. I believe that Adam and Eve were the first couple with a varied skin color, like a man and a woman created perfectly by God. God created Adam from the dirt. 
In my opinion, that means that he was probably dark as soil. And then God created a perfect partner for him, a woman, out of Adam's rib bone. Bone. Was Eve white as bone? I mean, I'm not saying that that's the gospel truth and the Bible doesn't specifically say that, but that's what makes sense to me. And God saw how beautiful his creation was. And if you're treating someone different because of skin color, knock that off. Who are you to tell God that his creation isn't perfect? Who are you to tell God what is and isn't beautiful? Man, get a grip. God's answer is found in the book of Job. I'm sure you've heard of Job. He's a guy who went through some serious, serious stuff. And if you haven't read the book of Job, just type it into the search engine. Or if you have a Bible, just open it up. If you have a Bible, the book is found somewhere around the middle of the Bible. My mom would say, Job is found in the middle of the Bible because at some point in everyone's life, they're going to have an appointment with a Job-like trial. Maybe not as harsh as Job, but something big. Job lost it all. He lost his wealth, his health. He even lost his own children. And he questioned God why God would allow such things into his life or really into anyone's life. And he was obviously distraught. And he questioned why he was even alive and why God would even make him in the first place if he would only live a life of incomprehensible suffering. This episode really isn't about grief or suffering, and we're going to talk about that in future episodes, but today I'm telling you about Job because I want to get to chapter 38, when God answers all of Job's questions. God's answer in chapter 38 isn't to give Job all of the whys. God's answer in chapter 38, if you haven't read it, and you have questioned God on things that have happened in your life, or maybe how you look, or maybe how you were made. You think that you know better than God, and it's pretty amazing to read God's answer here. Because God says, Who is this that questions my wisdom with such ignorant words? Uh, whoo, uh, whoa, that's kind of like a slap from God. Like, whoa. He says, Because I have some questions for you, and you're going to answer them. Like, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? If you know so much, go ahead and tell me, God says. He says, who determined the earth's dimensions and stretched out the surveying line? Was that you? Or wait a minute, what supports the earth's foundations? And who laid its cornerstone? Uh, again, not you. And basically, God goes on to say that you have no idea what you don't even comprehend. You don't even know the question, let alone the answer. So how can you come at me thinking that you know better for you than I? I mean, you can almost hear God's tone. I mean, he's a little bit trolling Job a little bit like, um, what, a, what are you trying to say? I mean, but in a loving way, but he's like, man, I created the sun, the moon, the stars. I keep the ocean within its borders and I call light into existence. Do you even know what darkness actually is? I mean, of course, God knows that Job doesn't know, but it was a wake-up call. You know what? We don't know. We forget that we aren't all that by ourselves, and we need to know who he is to understand who we are. He's the only one, the one who created everything that truly knows it all. His ways are so far above our ways, the Bible says, and his thoughts are above our thoughts as high as the heavens are from the earth like an infinity away. So to deny that he exists, to not even comprehend that he exists, 
We won't marvel at any part of his creation. We won't marvel at human life or that there is a purpose for everything. You may not understand it. In fact, you won't ever understand it because you can't possibly fathom the question, let alone know the answer. The answer is to come to terms with that you don't know, but that God does and that he created us and everything. Ultimately, if you know the Lord, this, whatever you're facing, will be worked together for the ultimate good. And that ultimate good is kingdom good, for the good of God's kingdom. We have to remember that while our lives seem long here and our trials never ending, that this life does end for all of us and that there's an eternity waiting. Job's response to the Lord is what ours should also be. In Job 40 verse 4, he says, I am nothing. How could I ever even find the answers? Don't. (laughs) I mean, Job gets it. For the last several years, there's been a war against creation-mindedness and a war against believing in the great creator of heaven and earth. Some are teaching that creation by an intelligent creator is a fiction and have even petitioned to make Darwinian evolution, which is a theory of foregone conclusion, to remove funding from schools that even speak of creation, and people wonder why life is so devalued. When you deny, when you twist, turn from, and distort reality, In an attempt to remove any trace of God, you're never going to understand or even comprehend why nothing will fall into the correct place. The equation will never fully add up and the puzzle will never be solved. The Bible is clear. God laid out the blueprints. No matter how many times you try and convince yourself and the whole world that we came out of a random swamp that evolved randomly from a big boom and swamp gas and there's no designer and you're ultimately going to, like, what? You're ultimately going to be confused about everything. And to believe that us, miraculous creations, appeared out of a fish who ultimately grew legs, who became monkeys, who ultimately became who we are today, Man, you have way more faith than me. To think that all of this happened randomly? You'll never solve the equation to anything. You're missing the most important piece to the puzzle, and you're going to always feel lost. Don't miss out on seeing this life for the amazingness that it really is, the creation of the Almighty God. When you come to realize that an intelligent creator made you, and you grasp Genesis 1-1, that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, the rest of life's questions begin to be answered. Or, often you'll realize that you don't even need to ask the question anymore because you can't even comprehend how this all came to be at the hand of God. And you trust the one who made it all. That is a great place to be. Trusting in God's design, or not only in the design, but trusting that God has a unique plan for each of us, will lead you to a much greater understanding of life's ultimate purpose. What is life's ultimate purpose, you ask? I don't have that answer for you. That's a question for you to ask the one who created the unique you. The purpose of your life is different than the purpose of my life. God has a grand plan, and somehow we all fit into it. No one size is better than another, and no one's skin tone is better than another, and no one's purpose is greater than another. You know what they say in the theater, no small parts, only small actors, right? (laughs) 
(laughs) Well, you know, that's basically what God says, that we were all created in the image and likeness of God for God's purposes. And it's time, my friends, that we start acting like it. You know, when I was a teenager, I really wanted to do good. And I hardcore hated racism. Like, I really hated it. And I wanted to do anything to abolish it. Anyway, one day, someone told me that there was this group and that that group was having a meeting that night and that the group was called Sharp and that they were against racial prejudice and they were standing up to skinheads in our area. I didn't even know that there were skinheads in the area that we grew up, but being that budding social justice warrior that I am, that teenager that wants to set the world right, of course, I wanted to stop that. Well, I mean, like, heck yes, that sounds right up my alley. I- I'm a rabble rouser, pastor's kid, looking to get into some ish, but of course, doing it in a way that brought it ultimately good, right? So I go to this meeting and I get there and I guess I didn't realize when they broke down what S-H-A-R-P stood for that I would walk into a room that was full of skinheads. Like, what the frick? Except apparently they were the good guy skinheads. But what? Come again? Right. I mean, I learned that their logic was to beat the bad skinheads at their own game and they had to become like them and they stood for skinheads against racial prejudice. I mean, it's a real thing. Look it up. Anyway, I was less than intrigued, but hey, they were the good guys, right? It was scary. It was like totally rebellious, which was right in my pastor's kid wheelhouse, you know? So I joined. But also, how do we help end racism again? I would ask them. Well, they said, you go out and you beat up skinheads with baseball bats and you tear down buildings and you cause mayhem. Uh, mm, I think I'm in the wrong place. I want to fight for equality with everything in me, but I am not violent. (laughs) I'm kind of like a rebel, hippie, reggae, gangsta kind of girl, but I'm not into hurting people at all. So after hanging out a few times with these people, I decided that these guys were just as terrible. They were fighting evil with more evil, and that doesn't work ever, period sounds an awful lot like what we're facing right now. I mean, I live in Portland, Oregon. I'm sure you know of or maybe you've heard of it, especially now. I mean, I'm not advocating turning on the news, but if you turn on any nightly news, you'll see the insanity that has become this city's calling card. Burning buildings, beating people, pulling them out of their cars and trashing them all in the name of, quote-unquote, fixing the broken system or taking down the man. Only the man that they're taking down is their fellow man. People fighting evil with more evil is utter stupidity. Fighting racism with more racism equally as stupid. Don't be foolish and fall for this. It's a lie from the devil. Remember in last week's sit-down, we talked about, who's your daddy? Jesus said for some people that their daddy was the devil and to not get caught up in his lies and this division and this twisting of the actual truth meant to stir up your emotions and ultimately lead you astray. You're fighting against surrendering to godliness by surrendering to the enemy. Makes sense. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. (laughs) We've forgotten who God is. His creation is warring against itself because we've turned our eyes away from whom we were created to be. 
Yesterday, I found out that another person I know is choosing to live their life as the opposite sex. Turning from or a blatant lack of reverence for the God who created us and following the father of lies, the devil, has allowed this thick cloud of confusion to overtake so many. Allowing kids as small as young children to take hormone-blocking medications because they might want to be a girl or they might feel like a boy? I'm so grateful this insanity wasn't around when I was a kid. Me and my brothers, we grew up between Southern Oregon and Southern California, where my parents and whole family was from. Orange County, actually Huntington Beach to be exact. There's a a restaurant chain down there that sells hot dogs and corn dogs and chili dogs, etc. And it's called Der Wiener Schnitzel. Have you ever been there? Dude, their corn dogs are legit. Anyway, I used to love it as a kid. And it meant that we were getting ready to go over to our grandma's house. We had like this ritual. I mean, when I grew up as a teenager, I even had an antenna. For those who don't know, cars back in the day had radios and the radio antenna would be this long metal thing that would stick up. And businesses would give out these fun little antenna balls, little decorations. Do you remember that? Anyway, everyone else had the Jack from Jack in the Box little thing, but I had a hot dog from Der Wiener Schnitzel. I was so cool. Anyway, but when I was a little girl, my older brother told me that all babies were born with wieners, to uh, excuse the pun, but when a parent wanted a girl, my brother said that they sold their wiener to Der Wiener Schnitzel. (laughs) Brothers, aren't they awesome? Anyway, if you don't have an older brother or a sibling that teased you, you maybe can't relate, but I'm talking to all you that had uh, siblings that teased you. I, at that time, still trusted my big brother before I got wise that he loved to prank me. Anyway, I believed what he told me, and I would not eat there at Der Wiener Schnitzel for the longest time. Dude, I missed out on so many corn dogs. Anyway, imagine if my parents hadn't guided me back to reality. Imagine if they accepted what Aaron had told me, that I wanted to be a boy again and get my wiener back. You know what I'm saying? Imagine the confusion I would have grown up under. Kids believe all kinds of stuff. My niece thought she was a cat for a while, yet we have people out here who are willing to allow kids to permanently alter their bodies forever before their brains are even fully developed. Why? Because many don't believe that we're all uniquely created with a unique purpose designed by a masterful God. It's the same lie that is continually twisting into people's brains to tell them that it's their body's choice when they murder the separate life growing inside of them. I had someone argue to me that abortion was okay because some babies would be born into hardships, or maybe they would be born with a disability and that life would have been super difficult, or they were just getting started in their career and didn't want to be hampered. I mean, you just need to head to your search engine and type in several Hollywood actresses that have come out praising their abortions as what attributed to their success. I even recently heard from a Christian woman who justified her decision in that matter because she wouldn't have the family that she has today had she not killed her other children in the womb. What? When did we make God in our own image that we know better than him? Like God says in Job chapter 38, 
Do you even know how to keep the oceans within the borders or to call light into being? Do you set the eagle's wings to flight? I mean, the answer to all of this is obviously no. You don't. I don't. And who are we to say that a child's life is worthless because we can't see the value? When we're all uniquely created for a unique purpose, you begin to see with eternal eyes and a right perspective. Abortion, my friends, is a lie. It's a lie that too many, including myself, fell into. Yes, I fell into that trap as a teenager. I'll go into that story a lot deeper and in detail in a future show with you. It's so important to talk about, but I know that there are many listening right now that have walked a similar path. It's my life's single most regret. I've made a lot of mistakes in my life, and I don't regret most of my mistakes or any of them really, because they brought me to be where I am today. But if I had a time machine, I would go back and change that one decision in a minute. However, I hope that God will use my mistake to save many lives, hearts, and lives from a lifetime of brokenheartedness. Your life matters. You were created by a God who formed you with a unique purpose. God said to the prophet Jeremiah, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you are born, I consecrated you and anointed you a prophet to the nations. Dude, isn't that incredible to know that before God even set Jeremiah in his mother's womb, he knew him. He even anointed him before his birth. He anointed him for his chosen purpose before he was born. Before his birth, he was precious, chosen, and anointed. The argument that a baby is just a clump of cells until it takes its breath outside of the birth canal is a lie from the father of lies. That's what the Bible calls the devil, the father of lies. You have a purpose, but the hero in this thing called life isn't you. The hero, the one to turn our eyes towards, who will make all of this confusion, the remedy to life's identity crisis, is God. Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and everything else. And readjusting our focus onto God, the maker of heaven and earth, and you and me, and our skin colors, and our genders, and our differences, and our life's callings, and that baby in your womb that maybe came about in very unideal circumstances. We all need to turn our lives back over to fulfill His calling and His anointing, not living for the world or for yourself. The remedy isn't us. The remedy is Him. It's always Him. I love you guys. See you next week. Peace. Hey, hey, hey. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you've heard, don't forget to subscribe. New shows coming at you each week. If you have a question or a comment, send them to asksaragrace at gmail.com. Catch you on the flip side.